evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we have got Jamie Snowden from Lambourne. We've got Gavin Sheehan, Nick Schofield, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, Simon Holt from The Sporting Life, and a special guest appearance from Fergal O'Brien. Good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Rush Show. My name's A.D. Hopper and I'm here to see you through an hour of top class guests and hopefully some decent information to get you some winners. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go straight to our normal show opener and that'll be Mike Patton with all the racing news from the racing media. Hello and a very warm welcome along to all the news from the racing media, including from Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life, I'm Mike Padden. And to start us off this week, here's our first story. Senior stayer Stradivarius could yet put in an appearance on Kipco British Champions Day at Ascot on Saturday, as he will be left in the Group 2 Long Distance Cup at the five-day stage. The future of the seven-year-old is still to be decided by owner Bjorn Nielsen, but the three-time Ascot Gold Cup winner looked as fresh as ever when doing two canters on Warren Hill in Newmarket on Monday morning. If he were to report for duty to Ascot, Stradivarius may well face a rematch with Trushan, the horse he chased home in the Group 1 Prix de Chandran à Longchamp on October the 2nd. Before that, Stradivarius had looked in rude health when winning the Group 2 Doncaster Cup for the second time in September. He would be having his sixth outing of the year if he runs at the weekend. Stradivarius won the Group 2 Long Distance Cup in 2018, but was narrowly denied by Kew Gardens the following year, and beat only one home in last year's race when sent off the 11-10 favourite. Gosden said, I will be pressing the button, as they say, and leaving Stradivarius in the Long Distance Cup, and his appearance will be subject to discussions with the owner nearer the time. The old boy seems well in himself this morning and obviously knows the track well, so he's ready to go again if required. And speaking at Yarmouth, owner Bjorn Nielsen said, Stradivarius is in the race at Ascot, but no decision about his participation has been made. If we'd known the ground was going to be decent at Ascot like it promises to be, we wouldn't have run him in France where it was too soft for him. And here's our next story on the racing news. July Cup winner Starman will miss the Kipco British Champion Sprint Stakes and has been retired to stud. He suffered a minor setback while being prepared for Saturday's Ascot showdown and will not recover in time to take his chance. His racing career is now at an end and he will stand at Tally Ho Stud in Ireland with owner David Ward retaining a share in the four-year-old for his stallion career. Trainer Ed Walker said, It's a huge shame, as we were really looking forward to Saturday and hoping he could prove himself a real champion. I've always thought he was the best around, and he's certainly the best I've trained. 
A Starman's absence threw Saturday's champion sprint wide open as he had topped the betting across the board at a best price 4-1. to one. Covid meant that the Colt, who was homebred by Ward, did not make his first appearance until July of last year. But he won on his debut at Lingfield and then broke the track record at Doncaster and took the listed Garraby stakes at York last September. After being beaten on very soft ground in the champion sprint at Ascot the following month, Walker was determined thereafter to avoid running in similar conditions. That ruled him out of the Diamond Jubilee Stakes at Royal Ascot this summer, for which he had been a major fancy after his impressive comeback win in the Duke of York Stakes and York in May. But his top-level breakthrough was merely delayed, and the following month, Starman powered to a clear-cut success in the July Cup at Newmarket, where he gave Walker his first Group 1 win as a trainer. The four-year-old went on to finish third in the pre-Maurice de Geest at Deauville, seemingly outstayed on very soft ground over six and a half furlongs, and was then beaten just a short head by Emirati Anna in the Betfair Sprint Cup at Haydock on what turned out to be his final appearance. The winner of five of his eight starts, with earnings of over £476,000 in prize money, Starman retires as the top-rated sprinter in Europe. And now on to our third story of the week. Silver Streak, hero of last season's Grade 1 Christmas Hurdle, will be back to Kempton on Sunday to launch his campaign in the listed hurdle he has won for the past two seasons. A mainstay of the Evan Williams Yard, Silver Streak was particularly impressive when defeating high-class mayor Verdana Blue in the two-mile contest 12 months ago and returned to Kenton on December the 26th to win his first Grade 1 in the Christmas Hurdle. William said, Sunday at Kenton is where we'd like to start. There are only so many places he can go, so it would make sense to start him where we've started him for the last couple of seasons, and we'll soon find out where he is as far as his well-being. Owned by Les Fell, Silver Streak had a roller coaster of a year last season, being carried out at the second hurdle in the Fighting Fifth at Newcastle, going down in a photo finish in the International Hurdle at Cheltenham, and then enjoying his crowning moment back at Kempton over Christmas, and he looks likely to be involved in the same sort of races again this season. He added, The only thing we've got on our minds are the races before January. There's no point in us looking any further. We'd like to go to Kempton on Sunday, we'd like to try to get to Newcastle, and we'd like to get to Kempton again over Christmas. When you've got a Grade 1 penalty, it's very tough, but there's no doubt the good ground plays to his strength, and Kempton Park plays to his strength. Winning a Grade 1 last season was very important for him. It meant an awful lot for us to have done it for the horse. He'd run so many good races in defeat, I was just very pleased to get the Grade 1 on his CV. The going for Kempton's opening jumps meeting of the season was described as good, good to firm in places, with seven days to go, and a further 40mm of water will be applied to the track in two applications during the week. Gary Moore had earmarked the same race for stable star Goshen to return in, but with conditions going against him, he misses the race as connections wait for soft ground. I spoke to the clerk of the course, Barney Clifford, the other day, and he said it would be lovely ground, but I don't send a soft ground horse, so he won't be going there, said Moore. He'll go to the elite hurdle at Wincanton on November the 6th, I hope, but I might run him on the flat before, if we get some soft ground. 
Winner of the Grade 2 Kingwell Hurdle last season, Goshen threw away any chance in the Champions Hurdle in March when hanging badly to his right. But thorough tests through the summer have failed to reveal any underlying ailments. They couldn't find anything, the trainer added. Cheltenham wouldn't be off the cards this season. The owner wouldn't let it be. But we'll play it as we go and keep him right-handed as much as we can. Moore also revealed that stable mate and impressive bumper scorer Shall We Have One More, who, like Goshen, is owned by Steve Packham, is set to make his debut over hurdles at Ascot on October the 30th. And some sad news now for our final story of today. Trevor Hemmings, whose famous green, yellow and white colours were carried to Grand National Glory by Hedgehunter, Briggs, and Many Clouds, has died at the age of 86. The much-respected owner and billionaire businessman was one of Jump Racing's most familiar and biggest supporters, and his death was confirmed in a statement released by Preston North End, the football club owned by Hemmings since 2010, on Monday night. The memorable victories of Hedgehunter in 2005, Ballabriggs in 2011 and Many Clouds in 2015 etched Hemmings' name into the Grand National history as the joint most successful owner ever in the race. But he also enjoyed great success with a host of other high-profile jump stars for many of Britain's and Ireland's top trainers. The news prompted an outpouring of tributes from across the racing industry, with Oliver Sherwood, the trainer of many clouds, describing Hemmings as a legend in jump racing and Mr Aintree. He said he was a gentleman of a man and a legend in jumps racing. He was very easy to deal with and to get on with. He understood the game and enjoyed the highs and expected the lows that would go with it. He was just a terribly nice man who came from humble beginnings to scale the heights. He continued, I can honestly say I would never have won a Grand National without Trevor Hemmings because I thought it was a year too soon for many clouds. He said, you might as well have a crack at it because if it's not this year, I might not be around next year. It was a remarkable day, and one I'll never forget for as long as I live. He added, he was Mr Aintree, wasn't he? He loved the place. It was close to him, and to win it three times with three different horses, I'm not sure will happen again. It wasn't just racing. We mustn't forget his contributions in football and his charity work. He loved his horses and was a gentleman. There wouldn't be a bad word to say about him from anyone. Donald McCain, trainer of Ballabriggs, said on Twitter, Shocked and saddened to hear that Mr Hemmings passed away yesterday, a gentleman and a huge support to myself and my family for many years. There can be no bigger loss to National Hunt Racing. Aintree tweeted, Desperately sad news to hear of the passing of the three times Grand National winning owner and true friend of Aintree and the jockey club, Trevor Hemmings. He will be surely missed. Our thoughts go out to his family and friends at this difficult time. The Nicky Henderson train Trebolgan became Hemmings' first Grade 1 winner when landing the 2005 RSA Chase before the superb Albertus run trained by John Joe O'Neill provided Hemmings with wins at three Cheltenham festivals including a Ryanair Chase double in 2010 and 2011. Sir Anthony McCoy, who rode Albertus' run in each of his four Grade 1 victories, wrote Desperately sad news that Tremor Hemmings has died. I am very proud to have worn his iconic colours on many wonderful days. He was a great friend to many, but a greater friend to our sport, and that of his beloved thoughts with all his family and friends. 
Last year's Ladbrokes Trophy winner, Cloth Cap, also trained by O'Neill and named after the headgear invariably worn by the owner, was sent off the 11-2 favourite to give Hemmings an unprecedented fourth Grand National victory in April, but was pulled up before the third last fence. Hemmings scaled back the size of his racing operation last September, selling 56 horses after being hit financially hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet he still enjoyed a superb season on the track, with 24 winners from 101 runners, giving him a 24% strike rate. Vintage Clouds became the last of 12 Cheltenham Festival triumphs when striking in the Ultima Handicap Chase in March, while Lakeview Lad, Sace Gold and Cloth Cap also provided Hemmings with graded victories in the last 12 months. In addition to his Grand National Triumph, the Sherwood-trained many crowds provided Hemmings with some of his most memorable days on the course, with victory in the Hennessy Gold Cup in 2014, before tragically passing away in the immediate aftermath of his second Cotswold Chase victory in 2017. Hemmings sent his horses to dozens of British and Irish trainers over the years, but enjoyed his most regular success with West Yorkshire-based handler Sue Smith. Together they shared 131 winners from more than 800 runners. That has been all the news from the racing media this week. Join us again next time. That was Mike Patton with all the racing news from the racing media, including the Racing Post, uh, the Sporting Life and, of course, Racing TV. Now, let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, we can start on Saturday at Market Raisin, where there are seven races over the jumps with a one o'clock start. Catterick have got seven races on the flat with a 1.20 start. Ascot, six races on the flat with a 1.25 start. Fosslas, seven races over the jumps, 1.40 start. Stratford, seven races over the jumps with a 1.45 start. And Wolverhampton, seven races on the flat on the all-weather with a 5.30 start. And then switching to Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Kempton at a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield, 1.45 start. And there's a meeting at Nass in Ireland with a 3.25 start. Okay, well there are seven races on the jumps at Market Raisin with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Catterick with a 1.20 start. Six races at Ascot, which is, of course, the Champions Day, which is going to be top-class racing. 1.25 start at Ascot. Eight races on the flat at Leopardstown in Ireland with a 1.30 start. Eight races over the jumps at Fosslas in Wales with a 1.40 start. Seven races over the jumps at Stratford, 1.45 start. And eight races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a five o'clock start and if you feel like wandering there's Radwick in Australia, Caulfield in Australia, Artwell in France, Far Hills in the United States and Keeneland of course in the United States that's on Saturday so let's switch to Sunday and see what we've got on Sunday we start with seven races over the jumps at Kempton with a one o'clock start Eight races on the flat at Nass in Ireland with a 1.10 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cork in Ireland with a 1.20 start. Seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield with a 1.45 start. 
and if you fancy going a long way to Sha Tin in Hong Kong there are 10 races there on the flat at 6 o'clock start and 2 races on the flat at Baden-Baden in Germany with an 11.50 start so that's your racing for this weekend and now we're going to catch up with a few of our regular jump jockeys on the show and we'll start with Mr Nick Schofield <laughs> Okay, Nick, well, welcome to the show again. Thanks for coming on after a hard day's racing. Um, on your way home now, um, sixth place today, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. No joy today, but we've had a few winners this week, so, um, yeah, really, really, um, really good, um, really um, some good results recently, so um, hopefully it continues into next week. So you're on a bit of a high at the moment, then? Well, I was, I was going to mention the, the weather. I mean, it, it has been remarkably sunny and dry and, you know, just just what you don't want, basically, hasn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, um, we thought we had it two weeks ago and then it, it was um, a false alarm because um, it's got dry again. So uh, the canter is very firm and, um, today. And, yeah, it's very firm at the moment and uh, all the tracks are in much needed water. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, all the race tracks are longing for some water as well as the, as well as the trainers and jockeys. Yeah, so I suppose one man's, one man's meat is another man's poison because I suppose at Ascot they'll be quite pleased that it's, it's a little bit firmer. Yeah, which is unusual for this meeting. It usually comes up soft, so that would have scuppered a few people's pants because everyone predicts soft ground this time of year at Ascot. But um, it's not going to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved the track to the, the hurdles course and um, um, as well. So um, no, it wouldn't. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a it's a strange uh, time of year, but this happens. And, um, yeah, you have to deal, deal with the cards you know. Tell me something. Uh, what have you got lined up for the weekend then and, and next week? Have you got anything coming up? Yeah, I'll be racing every day. I think so. Um, how many winners have you had so far this week then? Uh, I think I'm on 22, so um, oh, right. um, it's uh, yeah, good, good to, to go into the winter with that behind. And I guess it must do do an awful lot for your own self-confidence as well when you keep getting winners all the time. I mean, it, you know, it's not going to do you any harm, is it? No, but as a jockey, as A.P. McCoy and Richard Johnson and Frankie Vittorio tell you, is you lose more times than you win, so you do get used to it. Yeah, but at least you can take advantage of it when you do, and I've gone have a, you know, I was going to say, go and have a drink, but I suppose you can't do that either, no, really. <laughs> no, quite, quite. You know, uh, but, um, well, look, you keep up keep up the good work, um, um, Nick, because, uh, you know, it's all good for everybody, and uh, I love seeing Nick Schofield as a winner. It, uh, it gives us it gives us a bit of a thrill on the show, so that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll okay. Try and uh, <laughs> we'll speak to you next week then, mate. Yeah, thank you very, very much, and I hope you all have a good weekend. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Speak to you soon, mate. Nick Schofield there, who's got a busy week lined up for the next uh, seven or eight days now. Next up, we're going to have a chat with Gavin Sheehan. Well, hi, Gavin. Uh, thanks for coming on the show this afternoon. Um, a quiet day for you. Not not got a ride today, but what sort of a week have you had so far? Um, to be honest, it's a little bit up and down. Um, sort of good side the racing and a bad side the racing. Yeah. Um, so. You had a winner for um, uh, Jamie, was it on the 12th? What's that, a couple of days ago? Yeah, yeah. No anxiety. Um, around Hereford, he jumped for fun. Um, he's the kind of horse that you want to be riding. You just, yeah. no matter what it was, just measured them all brilliantly and uh, 
Yeah, and what about coming up? Have you got any decent rides lined up for the next week or so? I'm very quiet this week. Um, the good ground is, um, you know, putting a lot of trainers off. Yeah. Probably rightly so. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a quiet week, to be honest with you. Um, quiet weekend. So it'll, um, it'll be more looking towards next week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose they've got the last day of the flat, haven't they, at uh, Ascot uh, on Saturday, so that's going to take a, a lot of uh, of the publicity, I suppose. But um, So when when do you hope to be riding again then, next next week sometime? Um, well, I got I got one tomorrow for Jamie, uh, Jamie Snowden. Um, I got one tomorrow and I've got one on Saturday for Ollie Seeking, and I'll hmm. probably have one, maybe two, on um, Sunday. Right, um, so right. So quite... Um, yeah, Jamie's got one run tomorrow, first time over hurdles, um, and the bump bar set on, on Saturday at Macaraza, um for Ali Stigney. So yeah, look, he's, he looks an okay race tomorrow. Um, Jamie's horse in good route form, so we look forward to him. He had a winner today as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, that down at Wincanton, that was, was it? Yeah, a horse called Beholden. Stepped yeah. up and tripped for the first time. Yeah. But, um... Perfect. Must be a bit frustrating for you to, you know, when you've got to drive all that way just for one ride, sort of thing. It must seem, it must seem an awful lot of hard work. I would have thought. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it, it's only worth your while if it's a winner. Um, anything else, you're losing money, kind of thing. Um, what should I say? It, it, it is a long day. Um, I went all the way up to whether it be yesterday. Yeah. Uh, for, for Jamie Snowden, and it uh, came down at first. Um, so it's a very long day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely few bruises to go with it, I suppose. Yeah, he's four ribs. Um, but yeah, that 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 is the ups and downs of racing, and uh, you know that's why you, you enjoy the good days when 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 they come. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. Well, look, mate. Thank you very much for talking to us. Um, you go back and have a nice rest now because you've got a day off. So uh, make the most of it. And um, uh, any any contributions towards my speeding fine will be gratefully received. Okay. <laughs> Lovely job. Okay, Gavin. Thanks for talking to us, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. And last but not least, we've got Daryl Jacob. Afternoon, Daryl. Thanks for coming on the show again for us. Um, rather sad day with the, the death of Trevor Hemmings. I just wondered if you'd written for him at all and how you found him. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, uh, Trevor, he was uh, a wonderful man for jump racing. He was very passionate about us. Um, he had horses um, all over the place in, in England and Ireland. He supported an awful lot of trainers, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a bit of a shock, um, and it's very very sad that uh, a legendary of of entry has, has passed away. Yeah, absolutely, and and he had three three Grand National winners, which takes some doing, doesn't it? It surely does. It takes. Uh, it's hard to achieve one, never mind three. But um, like you say, it's it's no more than the man deserved. Um, he was an incredible supporter of Aintree. Um, he loved his jump race and, and uh, like you say, he's put an awful lot into the game. And uh, you know, like you say, every 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 winner, every success he had, um, it was richly deserved. Yeah, and it, you know, there seems to be millions of, of of great tributes to the man. And uh, you know, it's really sad because he was he was also involved in football, wasn't he? Because he owned um, Preston North End Football Club as well. So uh, it's it's hits both That's sports right, yeah. really. So yes, it's a sad day. Sad day. That's for sure. Um, this weather is it uh, proving a bit of a nuisance to you? Uh, it is a little bit. Yeah, obviously we we had um, we had a week there where it rained quite a lot, and uh, you know the horses were starting getting going. They're doing their final bits of work, and then um, 
you know, we had a good we had a good run up to to Chepstow to open the meeting, but obviously this week has been very very dry, and uh, you know, hopefully, I think from from Monday onwards we're going to get more rain. So, you know, hopefully that'll be just in time for for some big meetings next week, and uh, and also obviously the, looking forward to Cheltenham the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got much lined up next week? I don't know. Obviously, it's a little bit early at the moment. Obviously, entries aren't out at the moment, so um, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure on um, on on the, what we have lined up for Cheltenham at the moment. No, but as a jockey, I mean, I know I know you guys have sort of agents that get you rides or what have you. How, how does it work? I mean, do you, do you is it that sort of tight in terms of the time between when they tell you you're riding and you have to go there? Yeah, well, obviously we have a five-day entry, so our horses are getting entered five days before the the day of the races, and then now the declarations are done 48 hours beforehand. So, um, you know, obviously our agents um, they work very very hard for us, and uh, you know, try and get us on as as many rides as they can get us on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, obviously the closer the better, I suppose, from a driving point of view. Well, obviously, look, you you'll go anywhere. It doesn't matter. You'd rather. I'd rather drive six hours to, to go and get a winner rather than drive 40 minutes up the road and not have winners. So yeah. it's all about winners. You don't care how far you drive as long as you get winners. Well, just make sure you don't go over 40 then, okay, mate? <laughs> yeah, good try, good try. <laughs> okay, well, look, thanks very much for joining us, Darren. It's great of you to come on and uh, maybe speak to you again next week, see how things are going. Yeah, take care of yourself, okay? Brilliant. Thank you ever so Thank much, you. mate. Speak to you bye soon. Bye-bye. Well, that was Daryl Jacob, and now we're going to catch up with a very happy trainer. It's Mr. Jamie Snowden on his way home from Wincanton. Well, good afternoon, Jamie, and I'm pretty sure it's a pretty happy Jamie this afternoon. Hi, AD. Yeah, no, it's um, it's good. Any any winner's a good winner, so it always makes the journey home shorter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well talk me through this one then. How did he go? Uh, so a horse called Beholden, um, and, and he won a novice hurdle down up in Canton. Yeah. He, uh, he was carrying a penalty for, for, for winning at Newton Abbott earlier in the summer. Um, but it, he hasn't been the most straightforward of individuals, and, and we've just had to jiggle a few things up. And, and thankfully the jiggling worked and the, and the jig still fitted. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did he win well? He did, yeah. One, one nicely jump, jump well. Jumping's always been a bit of an issue with him, so uh, yeah. he jumped really well today. Having, having changed a few things up and changed the headgear up and Paige Fuller gave him a nice ride and he jumped, jumped out, made all and, and won nicely. How many how many lengths did he win by, roughly? Oh, um, I suppose five, five or ten, was it? Oh, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I call a good win then. Yeah, yeah, so no, no it was nice. Nice to see him doing it. So, as a trainer though, Jamie, is the uh, weather could the pervading weather conditions are causing you a few problems in so much as that we we need some rain badly don't we yeah we do to be honest with you Eddie. um obviously the, the you some horses that handle this better ground and 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 you know thankfully no anxiety jump well one one nicely on monday as well that was lovely to see so the horses are in great form um and we're having a, a, a good run of it, which is great. But we could we could do it definitely having a bit of rain and getting some of the softer horses out again. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know what the forecast is. I mean, you check it every day. Yeah, a bit of rain around next week. I think dry dry weekend, wet wet next week. Yeah, but I suppose as I was saying to Nick Schofield just now, I suppose one man's meat is another man's poison. I and mean, I suppect they'd be quite pleased to Ascot for tomorrow, not tomorrow Saturday, for the uh, Champions Day up there. That's right. Yeah, obviously that's usually run on on softer ground. So uh, I think um, I think some of the flat 
the flat boys would be pleased that uh, they've got some nice ground anyway. Yeah. So, uh, weekend coming up. What have you got lined up between now and um, next Monday? We've got a couple of runners tomorrow. Uh, Utoxta, Kiltilly Briggs and, and Midnight Centurion. Both nice horses. Kiltilly Briggs and Novus Chase and Midnight Centurion over, over hurdles for the first time. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're two nice horses. Hopefully go, go well. And then... Um, We've got one on the flat actually on Saturday at Wolverhampton. All right, yeah. Um, maybe maybe a bumper runner on, on on Sunday and then a couple on on Monday. So no, it's all all busy enough. And and the one on the on the flat is that uh, is that fancied at all? He, he won last time out and um, and, and uh, this is this is his retirement run. He's he's going to run now and then and then have a happy retirement. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's nice. And no doubt you'll find a nice home for him to go to. Exactly. I think the owners are going to take him back and have have him have him yeah. back there. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's the way you want to hear, isn't it, for a, a nice retirement? Exactly. So, um, so, uh, that, that's okay. so uh, a nice, uh, a nice quiet evening, relaxing at home with a, a, a little uh, little drop of champagne or something tonight. Then. Uh, yeah, that that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, it's, um, I, I, there's still plenty of work to be done, Eddie. So get get back in front of the desk and um, might have a glass of wine tonight yeah. over dinner. Um, but yeah, still plenty of work to be done. But it certainly it would appear that you're on a bit of a roll at the moment. That's for sure. Well, it's um, it, we, we've had a we've had a good summer and, and thankfully it's good autumn as well. So bodes bodes well for the winter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, Jamie, thanks very much for joining us straight after the victory at Wincanton. I expect you're still there, are you, or on your way home now? I'm on the 303 on the way home now. Ah, right, OK. Well, uh, drive safely, and we'll speak to you next week, sir. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take care. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. There was a very happy Jamie Snowden after beholden one down at Wincanton. So now we're going to catch up with Mr Dave Wilson. And uh, you remember last week we had a few... T- top 10 horses to follow uh, and Dave didn't have his worked out in time but he has for this week so here's Mr Dave Wilson with his selections for the weekend plus of course his top 10 to follow well good morning Dave how are you this nice bright sunny morning yeah lovely been a nice week's weather so far and uh we'll make it continue uh... yeah you tired turning out of the jumping boy so yeah, they're not too impressed. Like Wincanton no. yesterday, good to firm going, and yeah, it's not not a great start for the jumping season, and a lot of them are not getting horses out at the moment now. So no. it's, uh, no. it's caused us a bit of a headache this weekend. We've got three nice jump meetings on, and not very many runners in the whole three of them. So we're going to have a look at Ascot and Champions Day there back on the flat for okay. this weekend. Okay, then. So, so um, we'll. Uh, we shall kick off with the uh, Stayers race, the 125, and we think Trusham will win this one. He's in top form for Alan King and Holly Doyle, and he won easily out in France over two miles and four furlongs. And now he's attempting to defend his uh, long-distance crown, which he won last year at Ascot. And uh, he won this race by seven and a quarter lengths last year. It was very easy for him. And then, obviously, he followed up last two weeks ago with a Prix du Cadan. And yeah. um, he, he had Stradivari as well <laughs> back in that race as well. And a thing that we noted as well is back in 2019, he beat Hamish over one mile five furlongs in a photo finish. And uh, obviously, I think Crucian's trained on a lot better than Hamish has. So uh, 
come on six to four with bet three six five and that's what's going to open up our uh, days better for us in the one twenty five that has to get true Shan. do you think um, Stradivarius is uh, maybe <coughs> maybe a race too far now that they should uh, you know call it a day I mean he's he's been a, a, a brilliant horse but you know there comes a point where you've got to accept the fact that he's that's it kind of thing I think he's more of a needs for good going than the soft and he just hasn't had that in his last few runs and we know that he doesn't perform very well on the soft going but it's just one of them like you've got the horse he's getting old you've got to run him and I personally think if it was good good firm going he'd have a fantastic chance in the race but yeah. it's not going to be the going that he likes or appreciates so uh, true Shan's going to be the selection for us yeah. Yeah. so it's just one of them unfortunate things but yeah it's it's getting near the end of his uh, day's racing, so uh, we can't really do a lot other than race on the going that they're given on the day. Yeah, that's that right. seems to be a bit of the issue with him. Oh, well, we'll see you tomorrow, that's for sure. We will. All right, moving down the car to the two o'clock, and uh, the horse that we like in here is Dragon Symbol. Now, we backed him yesterday 11-2 with uh, heels, and he's, he's into about 9-2, to 4-1 now. Oshie Murphy takes the ride for Archie Watson. And his last three runs have been over five furlongs, but he's stepping back up to six furlongs. And he's had two runs over six furlongs this year. One when he won the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot before he got demoted into second behind Champanelli. And then he was second in the July Cup as well. So we certainly know he goes very well over the six furlongs. And I think he's just been highly tried over five furlongs. And... Uh, Obviously, this is over six furlongs, and he's going to be seen back to his best effect. And uh, we know he goes on any going, and uh, he just looks—he looked to be tremendous. Had he yesterday eleven to two, and uh, obviously he's been backed in a bit already. But I still think there's nine to two available uh, by the time the show goes out on Friday evening. Yeah. So okay. Dragon Symbol in second race there at Ascot. Okay. <laughs> Another cold or is it flu? Ah, uh, just a bit of a chesty cough, <laughs> cold thing that the girls have brought home from school for me as a special treat. Oh, that's right. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Moving down to the 2.35 race, uh, Snowfall, Aidan O'Brien's uh, fit now. Uh, she's shade of odds on 5 to 6, 10 to 11 sort of price at the moment. She finished sixth in the arc a couple of weeks back, and she won the English Oaks, the Irish Oaks, and the Yorkshire Oaks very, very nicely, and in the arc, she ran a length behind Adair. Now, looking through the runners in this race, I don't think there's another horse in this race that would get within four or five lengths of Adair, so uh, it just stands out on form that Snowfall should win this, and uh, get back on to winning ways. Uh, she beat Abel Flora easily enough last time out, and I can't see anything reversing the form there, so uh, Snowfall win the 2.35 there for us. Okay. Moving down to the 3.10 race, Palace Pier and Bade take on each other head-to-head. Now, we're going to be siding up with Bade. Now, Palace Pier's won nine out of ten races that he's ever raced, and the only race he's been beaten in was this one back in 2019, when the Reverend, who's reopposing again, beat him on the soft going. Now, as you say, like the key factor there is the soft going, and the predicted going for Saturday is good to soft and soft in places at Ascot. So uh, it might be one of them going things that Palace Piers 
not going to be seen to his best effect and Bade enjoys a cut in the ground anyway so we're siding up with Bade who's obviously got a perfect record at the moment of five wins and five races so uh, it's going to be an absolute phenomenal race if uh, we both get there get the speed boots on between Palace Pier and Bade, but we're starting up with Bade, who's currently available at 9-4. to four. <coughs> Moving down the cards of a 3.50, and uh, we've already mentioned him, Adaya, and uh, William Buick takes a ride for Charlie Appleby. He's priced up around about 2-1, to 9-4 sort of price. Uh, he won the Derby very well, and he's only come out and won the King George and Queen Elizabeth, beating Mishriff, who is the race favourite for this. Now, he ran fourth in the arc a couple of weeks back, and he's dropped back down to a mile two furlongs from a one mile four. And but the thing with him is he's going to take a lot of beating, and he will take all the stamina out of all of the, the other horses in this. He will be off the front and gone, I would imagine, to run the finishing speed out of Mishriff. And he absolutely destroyed Mishriff in the George and Queen Elizabeth. So I can't see why Mishriff is the short price favourite to reverse the form but we shall see mm. uh, so anyway we're going with a day in uh, 350 there Alrighty, moving down to the last race on the card the 430 the class 2 handicap and the horse we like here is Stunray Major now this fella is a half brother to the very good sire Kingman and he's had four runs today he's won three of them and he, he went lame in the one when he got beat but uh, he, he destroyed a 17-runner handicap over the course at Ascot over seven furlongs a couple of weeks back. And he, he just cruised through. He looked like a top-class horse running against uh, Blackpool Donkey Derby types. And he's just gone up £6 in the handicap. Now, yesterday when we backed him, he was 3-1 to one with Ladbrook, so I think he's down to about 9 4 5 to 2 sort of price now. But he's certainly worth getting on if he's anywhere anywhere within throwing distance come halfway through the race he will absolutely destroy him he's got a great turn of pace and as you say like he's a full half brother to Kingman and uh, Kingman was a 128 rated horse and he won the St James Palace Stakes the Sussex Stakes and the Irish 2000 Guinness so that's a calibre of horse that the mayor and the mother of this one throws so Sunray Major in the last race there uh, Ascot for the day's racing there Okay, well, it's a very the good other, day's racing, isn't it? Exciting stuff it to watch. The, the added bonus is the jockey title comes up for grabs tomorrow as well. The, the flat, tra- flat jockey train championship. Yeah. At the moment, Oshie Murphy's two wins ahead of William Buick. Now, looking at what we've tipped, we've tipped up a couple of William Buicks and one of Oshie Murphy's. And it's going to be a very close thing. And what we're looking at is today's racing going into tomorrow and see who gets the winners today and where they stand before racing at Ascot tomorrow. It's certainly going to be a, an interesting day's racing, not only with the jockeys fighting for the title, but the horses fighting for all the champions' titles as well. Yeah. So, uh, cracking day there at Ascot tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> the other thing that we've got is our 10 to follow as well. We've mm-hmm. got them ready for you. Okay, far so, away uh, then. Over to the jumps we go with the 10 to follow for this year. Now, number one on our list is Honeysuckle. Ken Alexandra's 
Henry de Bromheads now. We think that she's going to have another cracking season, which will result in another big one at Cheltenham for her. Right. So she's number one on our list. Number two, my favourite horse, Champ, J.P. McManus's fella. Nicky Henderson trains him, and he won the RSA uh, not last year, the year before. And he didn't perform very well last year at all. He had a few hiccups and everything else, and his season didn't get get off very well. Third on the list, we've got Ellie May, another J.P. McManus horse, trained by Willie Mullins. She'll be on the list there. Uh, fourth on the list, we've got Shuskin, uh, Nicky Henderson's fella. Uh, then we've got All Aho, or however it's pronounced, Jeevely uh, Park horse, and trained by Willie Mullins. Hang on a minute, what's got... that one? Just just bear with me a minute, I'm keep, keeping up. What's this last one now? All Aho. A-double-L-A-H-O. All aho. Right, and that's... Who who was that? Willie Mullins. Willie Mullins. Righty-ho. Yeah, keep going. And then we've we've got Time Hill. uh, Philip Hobbs' horse. He's now for us in Australia's races. And then we've got one that we watched over in Ireland earlier in this week. A horse called My Mate Mozzie. Uh, Gavin Cromwell trains him. He ran very, very well at the beginning of this week and uh, we have a little nibble on him for the Supreme Novice Hurdle this year. Okay. And then we're going over to Paul Nichols for two of them. One of them's going to be Mon Morale, owned by your mate Alex Ferguson. How do you spell that? M-O-N-M-I-R-A-L. Mon Morale. Right. The ninth one on our list is Scatman. As we said last week, we went down to Newton Abbott and uh, we got our candy floss and ice cream money out of him. Uh, okay, then. hacked up for us. And the last one on the list, uh, one that's going to be a bit of a fly in the ointment for a lot of people who would never have heard of her, she wears it well. Uh, another Willie Mullins horse. She looked very, very good last year, but had a few injury and problems. Uh, she didn't make it over for Cheltenham and that. She's had three races to date, and she's won all three of them. And uh, she uses lots of class in the way she performs. So that's our tent to follow for this year for you, and uh, hopefully they'll uh, produce some goods between them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got uh, Colin Brown's done ten, Simon Holt's done ten, Jamie Snowden's done ten, and you've done ten now. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out better. Those um, I yeah. shall I shall be keeping to follow them. That's for sure. Okay then, Dave. Well, thank you very much for that, mate. And um, let's have a hope. Hope we have a good day tomorrow at Tascot. Anyway. Yeah, no problem. Okay, mate. Speak to you next week. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much indeed. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his ten to follow, and of course his selections for tomorrow at Ascot. Fantastic days racing coming up there. That's for sure. I'm torn between FA Cup action against Weymouth. Or sticking and staying home and watching this on the telly, and I don't know what to do. Somehow I need to do both, which is impossible. But there we go. Anyway, now it's time to catch up with the Sporting Life's Simon Holt. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his 10 to follow, and of course his selections for Ascot tomorrow on Champions Day. So uh, hopefully there's a few winners there for you. And now we're going to try and catch up with a Mr. Colin Brown. Right, well, it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy himself. It's Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin. Good morning. How are you, Aidy? 
Oh, absolutely on the crest of a wave, mate, I tell you. Um, fed up with getting letters from Avon and Somerset Constabulary. But apart from that, I'm no, okay. You shouldn't speed. Mm. You should be like me. Goes nice and steady. Yeah, well, they go they go hiding in corners around here, in our parts. Yeah. And their little motorbike oh, set up. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, they want to go and get some. They want to go and get some proper criminals. Yeah, absolutely. Blood, yeah. You doing thirty-two miles an hour? Exactly. What a I don't pain. know. Poor you. I know. Poor you. I, I say. I think we ought to set up a, a, a just giving fund, don't you think, to pay for my fine? No. All right then, please yourself. <laughs> right, uh, so what have you got for us today, then, Colin? Stop mucking about. We're going to go to um, we're going to go to Force Lass one forty. A hashtag Val in the first is owned by JP McManus. It's trained by Neil Mulholland. Um, he's a good trainer, Neil, and um, I think this will win. Um, it's a horse that uh, has run a couple of nice races in France. Cost a few quid. And uh, I think it will win today. Number seven, it's called Hashtag Val. And which race is this in? In the first race, the 140 down there. And right. Force Lass, as they call it. Hashtag um, Val. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good racing down at Force Lass. And also, it's a, you know, it's a great track. If, no one's there, if you haven't ever been there, it's sort of quite a long way away. But to be honest, I live near Lambourne and I'm about alright 15 minutes from the M4 motorway and I mean we do it in about two and a half yeah it's not bad if you've never been there it's worth it because it's a cracking track um, well, and I'm, it's right down in West Wales I'll tell you a story about Foslas very quickly um, oh no my my grandmother used to live in a yeah. place called Pembray which is about a mile and a half two miles oh, from yeah. Foslas yeah. And um, yeah. I spent a lot of my youth when I was sort of seven, eight, nine. We, mum and dad, were were teachers, and we used to go down to Pembrey and stay, spend the, the school holidays down there. It was great. So I know the area oh. very well. The beach down there well, at Pembrey is brilliant. Lovely place. Is it? Yeah, it, it really well, just, is. Just good for dog walking and. That oh, it's brilliant. It's sand. It's lovely sand dunes. It's it's brilliant. Lovely place really is if you've got the if you've got the weather as well it is that it's as good as going abroad it's lovely yeah no i i agree i think it is a beautiful part of the world mm. Mm. we must take a trip down there yeah. uh, four o'clock at force last there's a horse called pick dory i think will win it's number one it's one of um paul nichols and uh, pick dory it's called and i think that will take an awful lot of beating uh in the four o'clock down there at Force last, you've got to say it right. Did you yeah. know that? It's like people because it's very close to, to a place called Clenethley, but everybody calls it yeah. Lanelli. Yeah, Clenethley. Yeah. You've got to get the Clenethley. Yeah. I've got a great mate that lives at Clenethley called Barry Wiggins, and he's a lovely guy. I've known him for many, many years. Yeah. And yeah, that's where he lives. He loves it down there. Absolutely loves it down there. Yeah. Well, of course, if, um, if you're in, into rugby, it's ideal because there's a big rugby area as well around there. It certainly is. In the 505 down there, I think Rosie, Rosie, Rosie will win. Number two, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie in the 505 down there at Foss Lass. And 
but not that's it. We'll go somewhere else um, <laughs> today. Where should we go? Let's have a little look at Stratford next, because, of course, they, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it is Champions Day, and I'm there. I'm doing Ascot TV. I've got to do them a little video in a second for all their members and social media. So we're getting well revved up. And also, there's a world pool there, which means that, um, you know, if there's a lot of money coming into the world pool all of a sudden, you know, some of the SPs could pay three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine to one over the SP odds from the bookmakers. So it's a very attractive place. Yeah, worth keeping an eye on. Uh, yeah, certainly is. Anyhow, Stratford, lovely little track. I was there the other day having a look round and um, it's always good prize money there. Uh, the ground's always pretty good, well looked after, and it's always competitive racing. You sort of need a horse that acts a little bit sort of on a sharpish track um, and gets around the bends because it is a pretty tight track. Anyhow, let's try and find you a winner uh, in the meantime there. Uh, right, which race am I heading for? Um it's going to be the where are we the three thirty race. That's the race that I like. Uh, Gary Moore runs a horse called Wakiki Waves. And I think he'll run a big race. Um, it's not a bad little tool. It's uh, a horse that's you know pretty consistent. And I'd say in the same race, Romanor's the one to beat. But I'm going to go for Wakiki Waves for the. Gary Moore Yard in the 330s. Also in good form. He had a nice double at Brighton on Thursday. And I don't think this one will be far away. Wakiki Waves uh, at Stratford. Um, right, on to the 405 at Stratford. I think this will go to Whispering Gypsy. Bridget Andrews rises for Dan Skelton. Second run back since the wind operation, but it won the other day. That was at Warwick, and it won quite well. I'd be surprised if it were beaten, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, it's not a bad sort of horse. And, you know, the team of uh, Skeltons, they train just up the road. Bridget Andrews, very good amateur rider. And I think she is the fiancé or wife of um, of uh, Nick, uh, yeah, of um, the, the jockey Harry Skelton. But um, I'm, sh I'm not sure they're quite not married as yet. But sometimes they keep their own names, so they might be married. I don't know. I, I can't remember, but that doesn't really matter. But she's a good little rider, and I think that will take the beating. So that's a couple of little um, heads-ups at um, Stratford. Stratford at yeah. okay. I'm going to have a quick, quick look at market raise, and then we'll go across the big one at Ascot and try and give you six winners okay. out of six. Right, up at market raise in the first race, horse number one at Poets Cross a win this for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. I know the owner, in fact, Henry Ponson. In fact, I rode him a winner in the 70s at Market Race, I remember. Um, and uh, he runs one there that won at Bangor on D in September. And I would say it'll take the beating. Number one at Poets Cross in the 135 at Market Race. It's really, really good at racing up there. And Harry Fry's got one called Littered Tell C, ridden by his sister-in-law, Amy O'Connor. Littledale C, number two in the 210 at Market Raisin. Not that many runners, actually, up there 
um, in one or two of the races. But I think you'll find that Alan King, who has two Sham running in the Stairs race on Champions Day, will win the 245 at Market Raisin with Dino Velvet. It's been a bridesmaid a few times, but it's a pretty nice horse. And Dino Velvet runs in those colours of the McNeil family. I would say will take a bit of beating. Uh, right, moving to the uh, to the three fifty five up there, at Market Raisin. It's a pretty competitive racing. It really is. Again, they put up quite nice prize money um, up there. And uh, it's the National Hunt Flat Race and the last race. And they're the sort of races that I quite like a little look at. And up there in the National Hunt Flat Race, there's a horse that's trained not too far from me in Lambourne by a fellow called Oliver Signy. It's called Decorated. Um, and he owns it himself. Um, it's quite nicely bred by Nathaniel. It should really be a flat horse, but um, it's related to plenty of winners. Um, going back to lots of different horses that have been quite good over the years on the flat and a couple of them over jumps I think it will take a bit of beating decorated it's called Oliver Sydney trains it written by Gavin Sheehan right ladies and gentlemen we have the champion jockey's title going to the wire tomorrow uh, at Ascot the trainer's title and that won't be settled to the end of the year but we've got two as we speak, because um, this is pre-recorded, of course. Um, and both boys, uh, Murphy and Buett, will be at Chelmsford on Friday evening. So we'll see what sort of picture it looks on Saturday morning. But they will be um, off to Ascot Saturday. And as I say, we've got some fantastic racing. We really have six races, six of the best. 125 being the opener. And um, I felt sorry... I felt sorry for, um, hey, uh, I was going to say Haley. Um, I was going to say Haley Turner for Holly Doyle, who was banned the other day uh, for careless riding. And I suppose actually it was a little bit careless on the day, but it happens. Uh, but um, so she was banned and couldn't ride Trushan in the Prix de Cadron, Cadron in uh, at But I suppose you have to say. He'll probably take the 125 at Ascot. Stradivarius, well, he was well beaten behind Trushan and Frankie eased him the other day. It was only two weeks since they ran. Um, and if I was going to throw one in uh, to the mix that had a big chance, I'd put a horse called Hamish in. I put this in my tracker the other day and then forgot to um, <laughs> forgot to back it. Typical. So that, yeah, typical. And, and, and it won at six to one. But there we go. That's the way it goes. Uh, but um, I think uh, no. I think uh, you'll find at uh, at, at Ascot. I think you'll find that um, number one True Sham probably wins again. He, he, you know, he's a very good horse, Alan King's horse, and um, and he just does enough. Some days he does too much on funny tracks like Goodwood. But out in France, he went and did it well. He didn't really come under pressure. He hacked up. So I think he'll win again. Right. Um, I don't know whether Mary be watching the racing. I suppose for uh, for Saturday for Saturday's race, she normally does uh, early start, so she won't be able to spend too much time having coffee. She'll have to get on a bike and get down the bookmaker to get a few quid on because, um, to say, one twenty-five. 
is an early start, isn't it, at Damascus? Yeah, very much so. Um, second race on the card is the Kipco British Champion Sprint Series. Uh, what wins it? Well, a few people have just sort of said, well, do you know what? I think uh, Rohan has been running quite well, but not sure he's quite top class. And, you know, I would sort of agree uh, in, in, in to some of that, but he's not bad. And uh, he's rated 114. What's his name? Rides in the great Ryan Moore. He's about nine to two. Trained by David Evans. I'd love to see him win. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise. Drawn 15, which I think could be okay towards the stand side. Rohan to take the second race there. Right, on to the Kipco British Champions Phillies and Mares race. You've got the Oaks winner, Snowfall. Ryan Moore rides it. Only six last time out, but that was uh, in France. You've got Albafora. You've got Eshada from the Stable of Variants. Um, you've got some pretty good fillies in this race, but I can't see anything to beat Snowfall. I think she's nailed on here. A really good filly. Aiden O'Brien. It'd be hard to beat in this. So, Snowfall, number eight in the 235. On to the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, and what a race this is. And some serious prize money here, which could easily, you know, swing a few things um, in, in in the favour for the for, for the championships, uh, trainers' championships, certainly. Um, Appleby's got Master of the Seas in there, um, and um, and the Gosdens have got uh, Palace Pier. Now, I think Palace Pier's the one to beat, but I know William Haggis also quite likes a horse that keeps winning. Started off winning the maiden at Leicester and then ended up winning at Longchamp uh, the other day. A group won the Prix de Moulin, and that is a horse called a bed um but we shall see but palace pier i think has been very professionally placed this season he's won all four races and whether he retire i think he probably will to stud i think he'll win number one in the 310 alaska right the champion stakes middle distance race mishrif is around about six to four Adair, only fourth in the Arctic Trail, 15 to eight. Adair, a horse that's um, pretty smart in his own right, Adair, and um, he's trained by Haggis, and he won it last year. Tom Marquand takes the ride. He's around about seven to one. He looks a good each way chance, but really and truly, what wins? I'm going to go for the Derby winner. Let's hope we don't get any rain and keeps drying out. They're both rated 127, except for Mishrifts of a year older, and has to give uh, a dare of four pounds. And I think the art wasn't running at a very fast pace. They ended up going up there on the front end, and he was a bit keen. And to be honest, I think he's a horse that probably prefers better ground. He's a great big horse, but I think he prefers better ground. And if it just carried on as it is, the ground is going to be more good than soft. So I'm going to go a dare to win the uh, 350. Then the 430 is a Balmoral handicap. It's a race where, you know, it's a race where, um, you know, there ain't much between them. But I put a horse up, I think, a couple of weeks ago called Sunray Major. And it's trained by Gosden's, ridden by Dettori, 
it'll win the last. Number 20, drawn 21, it'll win the last that scored. Sun Rain Major. This is a group horse in a handicap. So that's it for me. That's all my tips. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Colin. Let's hope you got a few winners there. You didn't do too bad last week. I think it was... Uh, was it... Uh, where are we? Let's have a look at my little book. Yeah, you had six winners last week. Well, and do you know what I did yesterday? I was down at Brighton, listeners, and I love exactors. And I think um, last week I gave that horse at Chepstow, Orbeez Glen or something, of Hobbs's, and said that didn't they do it well or whatever it's called of... No, that's not the name, but it's one of... Um, Giffords, I thought that had run well. I put the forecast up to everybody I spoke to, didn't do it myself, paid 196 quid. And I'm yesterday, I'm working at Brighton, really busy. I go to go online to put a bet on for the forecast, and it kept coming up the wrong horses for some reason. I won't mention the site, but it wasn't Star Sports, another site that I use occasionally. Anyhow, I just went to put a forecast bet up and couldn't get it on, only for two pounds reverse. But it came up 66 to one shot, beat a three to one shot, and it paid 493 pounds oh. in forecast. Oh. I would have had it twice, would have been nearly a thousand quid. Yeah. There we go, life at the bottom. <laughs> never mind, Cole, never mind, mate. All these yeah, things are sent to. Yeah, have a great weekend. It's had to try us, aren't they? Well, they are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a, a, a real problem. I, I want to see all of the racing, but we've got uh, Yeovil have got Weymouth in the FA Cup tomorrow. Now, that is a big, big game down in this part of the world, I can tell you. So, um, don't know which to do, really, whether to go to the football or to stay home and watch the racing. Difficult. But there we go. Life goes on, doesn't it? Life goes on. Life goes on. No problem. Anyhow. Right. You look after yourself. Have a good weekend. And listeners, have a great weekend. We'll be back next Friday. Yeah, OK. We'll speak to you then, Colin. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was Colin Brown in a, in a right flap behind the scenes. He was uh, He's rushing around. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's got to go to the Netherlands. And what a life he leads, eh? So uh, we're lucky to get his, his uh, undivided attention for a few minutes anyway. So thanks for that, Colin. We'll speak to you next week. And now we're going to finish off the show by getting another preview of Champions Day. So you'll have plenty of experts' opinions on this uh, particular meeting. And we're going to catch up with the Sporting Life's Simon Holt. Well, good afternoon, Simon. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, yet another expert to add to our already uh, busy schedule, shall we say, uh, for this week's show. Well, hello, Aidy, and we've got a lot to look forward to, of course, with uh, Kipco British Champions Day on Saturday. Yeah. And six races, uh, including one handicap, the Balmoral handicap at the end, but the main focus of attention on the Group 1 races. And it's a fantastic card, I must say. The Group 1's the Sprint Race, the Phillies and Mares Stakes, the Quillis with the Second Stakes, and the Kitco Champion Stakes. So, uh, um, hard to know where to begin, but we might as well begin at the beginning. Yeah. And the first race is the um, Long Distance Cup. And this was won last year by Trushan in fantastic style. Absolutely ran away with it. And uh, there's a big rematch here with Stradivarius, who Trushan beat in the Prix de Cadran at uh, Longchamp over Arc Weekend two weeks ago. And it's 
quite a quick reappearance for both. They both had quite hard races in testing ground that day, perhaps more so Stradivarius, who got very tired in the final 100 metres and was basically outstayed by Trushan. But Stradivarius loves Ascot. He's three times a Gold Cup winner, of course. So it's a, a really tremendous clash. And I think the ground at Ascot will be more to Stradivarius's liking than it was at Longchamp. And uh, I think he could push Trushan very close. But I think what, what the Cadran possibly proved was that the balance of power has just shifted a little bit and that maybe now Trushan can be acclaimed as the leading stay in Europe. They may well fight it out. There's a, another very interesting runner, trained by William Haggis called Hamish, who came back to win the September stakes after a long absence, beating Hookham, and that form has been well boosted since, so he wouldn't rule out Hamish. And the Mediterranean down at the bottom, trained by Aidan O'Brien, uh, he was third in the St. Ledger behind Hurricane Lane last time out, and he shapes as though he's going to be a, a pretty good stayer at around two miles. I suppose on balance, I would favour Trushen in, in the first of several rematches on the card. The second you, race is Simon. Before you, before you move on, do you think uh, do you think it's a question of uh, a race too far, shall we say, for Stradivarius? Bearing in mind one short short space of time between this and the arc, and two, you know, he was well beaten last time. Is is uh, you know sentiment getting overwhelming? Uh, common sense, shall we say? Well, I'd hesitate to, to write him off. I know he's seven years old and he's an entire. Uh, he has won a couple of the cup races this season. He won the Lonsdale Cup at York and the Doncaster Cup. Uh, not not hugely competitive races. And he ran very well in the Prix de Cadran on ground, which probably wouldn't have been ideal for him at all. But um, ultimately, in the final throws, he was a pretty tired horse. And he was outstayed by Trushan, who's two years younger. They're both smashing stayers. And I don't think that if they both come up and deliver their best, there's probably not going to be very much between them. And if Frankie de Torre gets uh, Stradivarius in a decent position, I think at um, Longchamp, perhaps he was in the firing line very early in the home straight. Whereas I always think he's better off just coming from off the pace because what separates him from a lot of stairs is his turn of foot. And perhaps he was left in front a little bit early at Longchamp. So it'd be interesting to see. Frankie didn't ride the best race on him in the Gold Cup earlier in the season when he was only fourth behind Subjectivist. But I think there's enough evidence that Stradivarius is still a, you know, he's a still a damn good stair. It's just a true Shan seems to be very progressive. He's come up through the handicapping ranks and just got better and better. And his performance in this race last year was quite breathtaking. It's not quite the same ground conditions as it was 12 months ago. Uh, but I think as long as there's some cut in the ground, then Trushan will be okay. Okay. So the second race is the uh, British Champion Sprint, the Kipco British Champion Sprint. And this is one of the most competitive races on the card with a lot of horses in this field rated very similarly. Uh, the horse I'm going to go for is Dragon Symbol, who's been incredibly consistent all season, was first past the post in the Commonwealth Cup over this course and distance at the Royal Meeting in June and then was disqualified for um, edging across and carrying his rival Campanelli 
across the course towards the far side. And I think the stewards uh, were right to um, to to disqualify Dragon Symbol and and promote uh, Campanelli. That's my personal view. That it was a, a marginal decision. He then was second in the July Cup behind Starman, who sadly has had to be retired after a small injury. And in his recent starts, he's been running over five furlongs and running very well in races like the King George at Goodwood, the Nunthorpe behind Winter Power at York, and latterly fourth in the Flying Five. And I just think that the return to six furlongs back at Ascot uh, could well suit him, providing he's still fresh and well after what has been quite a long campaign. He's also, I think, drawn quite well in stall three over on the far side. And a lot of the sprint or straight course races at Ascot this season, it, it seems to have been a, a good place to be on that far side. So Dragon Symbol gets my vote there's lots of others with chances creative force who won the jersey stakes earlier in the season uh, minzel is an interesting runner was a good two-year-old won the jim crack and came back with a good second on his belated reappearance on the course and uh, these are all big contenders ken ross who was fourth in the pre-dollar last time out art power who was third in the diamond jubilee earlier in the season and comes here off the back of an impressive win but on balance, I think if he brings his best form to this race, then Dragon Symbol may just have the edge. Righty, huh? The third race is the Phillies and Mares stakes, and this is less competitive. And in fact, I think Snowfall is probably the banker bet of the day. She was uh, sixth in the arc last time out. Ran very well indeed, I, thought, I felt, <laughs> even though... Her bubble had been slightly burst at the ARC trials previously. And it may well be that when she won the Epsom and the Irish Oaks and the Yorkshire Oaks, that in hindsight she wasn't beating an awful lot. But I thought the run in the ARC was extremely creditable. And looking at the opposition in this race, I think she's definitely got the measure of Alba Flora, who she beat in the Yorkshire Oaks very easily. And the danger could be Eshada, who was second in the Ribblesdale Stakes, but then ran badly in the Yorkshire Oaks, and probably too badly to be true. But uh, she's going to be odds-on snowfall. But um, if your listeners want the banker of the meeting, I think she probably is it. She looks different class, and in fact, they, the official handicapper agrees with that because she's got at least £10 in hand over her rivals. But um, it's not a bet for me because she's likely to be odds-on, but I think she'll take the world of beating. We then come on to two absolutely fantastic Group 1 races, starting off with the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes, which was won last year by the Revenant, who beat the hot favourite Palace Pier, and they clash again this time. The big difference this time is the ground is not going to be quite as deep. However, the Revenant ran a very good race at the ARC meeting, went second behind Real World in the pre-Daniel Wildenstein. That was his first run since the spring. He was a bit becalmed in the spring. And I think he might have won two weeks ago if Olivier Pellier had a slightly better run in the race. Nevertheless, he finished really strongly. And I think he's he's going to peak, I think, for this race once again. Palace Pier's done absolutely nothing wrong this season, unbeaten in four races, including the Queen Anne Stakes, 
at the Royal Meeting, the Lockinge, and his second win in the Prijat Le Marois. He's made slightly hard work of it, though, I think, in the Queen Anne and in the Marois. I don't think he's unbeatable. He's going to be the favourite. He's the top-rated horse. But I think the Revenant could be a big danger to him once again. And the other fascinating runner in the race is the unbeaten Bayed, trained by William Haggis, who has looked at an incredibly good horse and uh, made a successful debut in Group 1 company in the Prix du Moulin. I think this is tougher than the Moulin, but he looks uh, an extremely exciting horse. So we've got a real clash on here. And some good three-year-olds as well in the race, like the Guineas runner-up, Master of the Seas, the Sussex Stakes winner, Alcohol Free, and the 1,000 Guineas winner, Mother Earth, who's been very consistent all summer. So a really fantastic race. But uh, I, I just think that the odds available, and given that I think he's just peaking now, I think the Revenant uh, could well win it again. And then there's the uh, Kitco Champion Stakes, and this possible is even more exciting because we've got a rematch between a Dayar and Mishrif who fought out the finish of the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth stakes uh, on the course in July the difference being that that race was over a mile and a half and this is over a mile and a quarter and since then Mishrif absolutely bolted up over this trip in the Judmont International he's been a, an incredible horse for the Gosdens and for his jockey David Egan he uh, won in Saudi Arabia early in the season he won the Dubai Shima Classic and uh, and then of course came good in the Judmont International which is often the highest rated race of the year Adair beat him Pretty well, I think, in the King George. But as I say, that was over a mile and a half. But maybe a day I won't be so inconvenienced by dropping back in distance uh, when you look at his run in the arc, in which he showed plenty of speed and kicked clear early in the home straight in the Prix de l'Arte Triomphe and then just tied up in the closing stages. He had missed his prep run, and it's possible that he might just come on for that outing a day. It was his first run since the King George, and he's certainly been a, a real star for Godolphin this season, of course, having won the derby at Epsom in early June so a really intriguing clash between Adair and Mishrif once again, you've got Adayev in the field as well, he won this race last year, it might not be quite soft enough for him but uh, he was just ahead of Mishrif, went second in the Eclipse when we last saw him second behind St Mark's Basilica there so he's a top class horse and you've also got Dubai Honor who won the pre-dollar at the ARC meeting and Sealaway who comes over from France and he ran fifth in the ARC, I'm not sure the drop to a mile and a quarter is going to suit Sealaway quite as well as maybe uh, a day are but uh, he ran very well in the arc just finishing ahead of Snowfall who I think is uh, is bang on for the Phillies and Mares so that's a fantastic race if you had to push me I'd probably just go with um, a day are to confirm the placings with Mishrif but it's not not really a betting race for me I think it's a race to really watch and enjoy yeah yeah finally we move on to the only handicap on the card and that's the Balmoral handicap and it's a very valuable handicap £200,000 in total prize money and John and Thady Gosden have uh, two very strong contenders here Sunray Major who won over seven furlongs on the course last time out just over a fortnight ago won well very well bred horse and he picks up a £6 penalty for that and now steps up from seven furlongs to a mile. And the one I like is his stable companion, King 
Leonidas, who was sixth in the Jersey Stakes and then reappeared after a 15-month absence to run third in a really hot handicap at Newbury over a mile and a quarter. And I thought it was a tremendous run. He came from the back of the field, cut through the field pretty quickly, and his run just flattened out in the final furlong over that trip. And I just think the drop back to a stiff mile could really suit him. And if he comes on for that run, well, he could be a big threat, King Leonidas, to all of them. It's a very open race with uh, some good inform horses like Aldari, who won on the course recently. That was over seven furlongs. Uh, he's got to get the mile. And Kenzai Warrior, who's come back to form recently, and Shalir, who won at York and picks up a £6 penalty for that. But uh, King Leonidas is going to be my bet in that race. And my other bet on the card is earlier on Dragon Symbol in the champion sprint. I think in some of those rematches, it's very hard to be sure who will come out on top. And there's not a lot of value about either. So uh, I'm going to go with um, uh, Dragon Symbol, as I say, in the sprint. I'm going to go with um, also the Revenant in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes. Uh, he's priced at about 13 to 2, something like that. And also with King Leonidas in the Balmoral Handicap. So hopefully one of those will do the business. Good. Well, thank you very much for that, Simon. A pretty uh, concise uh, breakdown of all the horses there. Uh, you don't think Frankie's going to do seven times again then, or in this case, six times? Uh, I very much doubt it. I think the racing is, you know, way too competitive for any jockey to well, any jockey that gets two winners, as Holly Doyle did last season mm. in the, on this day. That was that was a fantastic breakthrough for her, and uh, of course her partner, uh, her fiance, indeed Tom Marquand, also had a double as well. They really dominated the card, and in so doing, really did become racing's golden couple. But I think it's going to be very open. Frankie's got Stradivarius, of course. Uh, he rides Kinross in the Champions Sprint. Um, what else has he got? He's got Palace Pier, so that's a good chance as well. I think he's going to have a winner at some stage. Uh, he's got um, the, the horse I mentioned earlier, Sunray Major, in, mm. the, in the in the handicap at the end. That's going to be the favourite as well. So he'll be disappointed if he doesn't get a winner, I'm sure. Good. OK, then, Simon. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, and we will uh, no doubt catch up with you in the near future. So uh, thank you for that. And um, cheerio for now. Well, there we go. That was Simon Holt. Nothing but the best on the racing show, of course. And uh, I think, you know, with his selections and you've got Colin Brown's selections and Dave Wilson's selections, plus a few others, if we can't pick a few winners tomorrow, it's going to be a poor show. So let's hope that we can. But as always, always bet responsibly. And when the fun stops, as the advert says, you stop. So that brings us to the end of this week's racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. I hope tomorrow is a successful day for everybody. It's certainly going to be a great day's racing at um, Ascot. And uh, we will no doubt be talking about it next week on the show. But until then, I can just say thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget, same time, same station, Three Valleys Radio for the racing show. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. (laughs) 